Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is US Dan and with me as always to talk about things, all things US race cycling related to women's cycling in the US <laughs> racing is my dear friend and companion US Sarah. Hi Sarah. That was probably the most awkward intro you've done yet. I doff my cap to you, sir. No, 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 that's not American. You've got to be like howdy partner and Oh, howdy partner. And and not not doffing caps, you know, like shooting six guns in the air and <laughs> saying consonant and stuff like that. Oh, okay, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> y'all um, ready? <laughs> so so for everyone playing along at home, in case you hadn't picked up on the subtle clues in the intro. Um, first of all, I've been away for the most of the last week, so so is, so. Is, second of all, the only thing that I know that's really happened in the last week is US Nationals were on. Dan is suffering from Australian jet lag. Which, in the rest of the world, they just call jet lag. Yeah, but it's special jet lag, because you can get jet lag just travelling around for work in Australia, just like in a kind of day trip. Yeah, without, without leaving the country, sometimes without leaving the state. So, <laughs> yeah, so Dan has Dan has Australian jet lag, and of course, we all know Australian jet lag is so much worse than every other jet lag in the world. La, yeah, la. yeah. Well, because you know, there's usually only three beer choices, so <sighs> so limited. Oh, tough. Yes. So, um, so Dan Dan doesn't know what happened in the racing this week, but that's great because neither does anyone else. <laughs> Sarah did, Sarah did warn me before we started um, that she's actually got a bit of a rant pre-prepared. But before we before we uh, take the lid off that torrent of um, of, of outrage, um, I do have to point out that I found it deeply ironic that uh, when we were planning what we'd talk about on this week's podcast, I was saying to Sarah, um, I, I I really didn't get a chance to catch much of what was going on, so I'm going to need a lot of help. And she wrote back and was like, there's no fucking footage. I hate invisible races. No footage. Okay, this week we had um, one, two, three, four. No, three UCI races, which happened, and really I can't tell you much about them because there's no clue. Um, we have two in Russia. We had the Grand Prix Makeup, which was an ITT and won by um, Yulia Ilinich. Um, and then we have a tour of Adiega, which is a, um, oh, I have no idea what happened. You look on CQ and they've only got the results for stage one up. But um, <laughs> luckily the people at Cycling Fever told me that Anna Zavinson, sorry, Anna Zavinsinskaya won the tour of Adiega and Natalia, Natalia Boyaskaya won a stage. That was cool. me throwing my hands up with a look of, I have no idea. Cool. So someone um, won the overall and someone won a stage and no one knows what the fuck happened apart from that like no exactly um because these are races without websites they're invisible then there was the tour of zushan island and you have Greece. to you have to love that in 2014 it's possible for races to i, I mean the the amazing thing to me is not just that they don't have a website of their own but like like how is it that the the uci isn't making sites like even just one page info things on the uci right. website about these races can i can i do my rant then Let's let's. Calmly. All right, hang no, on. No, let no, me no, no. let me let me count no. you in for the rant. I want to I want to you know like because uh, what I want this is what I want, Sarah. A good rant has to have several things. One, it's got to have um, a, a level of apoplexy that leads to almost sub vocalization and inability to speak, kind of rage. Two, no, right, it's got to have 
It's yeah. got to have a metric fuck ton of swearing in it. Okay. A, a metric fuck ton. Um, okay. And and three, it's got to get progressively more and more outrageous. So that's what I want. So I, I keep that in mind, and I'm going to count you in. Okay. Three, two, one. Let's rant. Right. So. I find it slightly complicated that, that, that um, races have no races and teams have no websites, okay? Because and I and, and, and yeah, sorry, <laughs> Apoplexy's taken there. Over we already. go one. Um, <laughs> I I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. We're in an era where races find it hard to raise money, raise funding, and stuff like that. Yeah, and yet teams and races still don't have fucking websites. Two. I don't yep. get it. It's it, it, it's complicated, but but what if I was the UCI? What I think the UCI should do is say, okay, USA Cycling do this. They refuse to register a race, uh, you know, in, in the USA unless it has a website, um, which you know, it's not hard. So, okay, in the Sarah world, I'm just going to try and talk rationally for a moment. In the Sarah world, what the UCI would say is that no race can happen without a website that has, before the race starts, the date, the mm-hmm. rough area it's going to take place in, and then about a month before the race starts, the course details. You know, like, and, and, and the, you know, within a certain amount of time, like say 24 hours, the results. I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't. And I think... Teams without websites. I mean, what the fuck? I don't get it. Like, literally, there's a couple of teams I really, really want to promote. I can't promote them. I can never link to them. They don't have a website. Just fuck. <sighs> their Twitter isn't in the same name as their team name. You can't actually tell if it's the same team when you look at them on Twitter. So, yeah, um, it's, it's been quite complicated. I mean, this week, we were supposed to oh, have hang a on, hang on, hang on. It sounds like, sounds like you've ended your rant. Was that the end of the rant? No, it's just that I might actually... Because you sort of, you've sort of transitioned into result stuff, and I feel like the... I'm, I'm sorry, that that's that's getting a, a three bullhorns out of five, that rant. That was... Oh, no, 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 the result... Okay, right, I mentioned results, but I don't think it's much to ask that the race publishes the results of the race. I don't think it's much to ask that they put the course online somewhere i don't i don't anyway yes um, okay so three and a half bullhorns now you get the extra half but the thing the thing i think is really important about this so i love that usa cycling do this usa cycling are my favorite people this week for a number of reasons but i i know um but 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 they they say and it isn't it isn't much to ask and what you do is the ucr you'd actually create a one page or two page document which is like how to actually set up a website like say take wordpress for example and maybe you'd put up a template you know you'd make a template you get someone to make a template for races so that if they were so inept that they couldn't make a website themselves or they couldn't get a volunteer to make the website for them then you at least give them a template that they just fill in yeah yep yep and apparently what Cycling Australia do with their National Road Series, on their, um, on, on their website, on the Subaru National Road Series website, they allow races to go in and add their own details. Yep. And so this, is, this is exactly where I was going, and, and I agree with you. Like, it, it's actually incredibly simple to do, and this is, this is something that, I, 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 like I said you know, at the top, like in 2014, it's kind of amazing to me that the UCI hasn't done at least this. 
Yeah, I mean, race previews, I say this about, I'm, I'm going to be writing about this in slightly more coherent detail on our website, prowomenscycling.com. But, you know, like race previews, if Sean Velofocus can make race previews in his spare time, and if the guys from Cycling Fever can pull together the race information that they make in their spare time, there's literally no excuse. And, and actually what the UCI I think should be doing is hiring those people. So you see, you look around and you say, well, actually, Sean's... Sean's got what he's got. He's got a template that he fills in and he kind of puts information in. Let's just pay him to do it for us on our website. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like you know, I, uh, it, I, I do. I put things on my on my blog all the, on our blog all the time, which are about how to follow racers live, and they get huge numbers of hits, relatively speaking. Yeah. And because people people want that information, pay me to do it for them. I yeah. tweet about races. Pay me to do it for them. You know what I mean? It's like it's not even. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not hard for them to to pull together the content. You're exactly right. Like they may not have the budget to to you know or or resources to allocate someone to do all of that in house. But there's you know as you as you rightly point out, there are plenty of sources um, of people providing quality information and detailed information on most of these events anyway. Yeah. Or make the race, or make the races do it. I mean, exactly, or make it a requirement. But but if you're going to make a, re- a requirement, provide them with the the infrastructure to support it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they they have to, you know, create um, a basic information website. But here here's the actual website. All they've got to do is log in and fill out the details. Yeah, exactly. And know. here's and here's and, and I'd actually and I'd go a little. I'd, I'd go one step further. What I'd also have would be I'd look at examples of best practice race websites and races which have good engagement with the public. And you know, I mean. I obviously have a conflict of interest around the Women's Tour of Britain, the Friends Life Women's Tour, because I was working for them. But, you know, but, but talk to someone like the Friends Life Women's Tour or the Energy Walk Tour um, yep. and just talk to them. How in Energy Walk Tour run by volunteers. Okay, how did you get volunteers to, to, do, to, do, mm. your, to mm. do your to do your social media? And what kind of parameters do you set out for your volunteers? Yeah. And also kind of just get... You know, talk to them about the number of hits they get and stuff like that. Because genuinely, the Friends Life Women's Tour, I can completely see why Friends Life is getting. You know, we would would get a ton of would get a ton of of love back from it. Yeah, or, yeah, absolutely. You know, and 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 the thing is that 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 kind of thing, you know, and shared knowledge is actually really important. This is exactly the kind of thing that the UCI should be seeking to capture as much of as they can. So that they can harness it and share it with other race organisers to, to yeah, help yeah, yeah. improve the quality of of exactly. information and visibility across the whole spectrum of races. You know, yeah. this is I mean, this is exactly what you want a peak sports administrative body to do is to yeah. to fill the gaps that that for you know totally understand that it, it's difficult and challenging for race organizers to get the funding and put everything on and pay for the road closures and the police escorts and and all of that and they're often run on tight budgets and, de- and depend very heavily on people donating a lot of time and effort and and you know you don't want to unnecessarily add a burden to it but there are definitely ways to work around it and this is exactly where the uci should be stepping in to, to to ensure, okay, you're a, you're a UCI-ranked race, then that also means not only are you required to provide a Twitter account and, and race results in a timely fashion, but here's the infrastructure to, to do it, and here's um, a comprehensive best practice guide on how to make it happen. Yeah, and also why, you know, kind of just put some basic information about why. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, I, 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 I and also to put stopped. put a put a bit of bit of weight behind it too, because it means then that the UCI themselves, you know, because uh, let, let's not mistake. I mean, I I know I'm the first to make a lot of jokes and point a lot of fingers at, at the UCI and, and complain about things, but they they as the the top body in the sport do have a lot of influence and so you know it, it matters what they point to and what they draw attention to and yeah. what they build and what they support yeah and you look at you look at things like the cycling australia pack the, sorry the cycling victoria packs where they they're, they're saying things like you know they, they the way that they're going on equality with women's cycling mm. they have some charity stuff and some sticky stuff not sticky stuff but some basic right if you want to race here you have to you know we're not having podium girls yep blah 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 but at the same time they've got a whole ton of stuff where they're helping races they're actively helping races to develop and grow and that's the way forward in my mind is is you can simultaneously be right you're not coming in unless you have a website. Here's why you should have a website. Got a website? Want to make it better? Here's some tips. It's just, anyway. I yeah. mean, so I said this, but the Tour de Languedoc Roussillon, it was cancelled and we didn't even know. Which, d- to be perfectly honest, kind of feels like an improvement on last year. Right? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Well, it, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. It, it actually kind of does. Uh, it's yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 the evil part of my brain does sort of think that that might actually have been deliberate. You know, that the race organisers are sitting there going, "You know what mistake we made last year? We told people the race was off." Yeah, no, I mean, last year the Tour de Languedoc-Roussillon did cancel. So the, in 2012, it cancelled with two weeks to go. Yeah, last year it cancelled with 24 hours to go, and then re- oh, then it was chaos and restarted, and la 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 la. This year it's just cancelled and it's gone. But you, you know, there are these races where you literally wouldn't know. Like, and 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 I should have guessed because I went on their website and it said this webpage is under construction, and it's a week before the race was due to start. So I'm like, okay. You know, because because that's the state that we're in in women's cycling with, um, and I think men's cycling too. It's not just women's cycling. Yeah. There's some terrible websites out there for men, but mm. you know, I mean, teams. God damn it! When you're like looking for team, looking for team information, and you can't find it again. If I was the UCI or, or the National Fed, I'd say you have to yeah. have a website that at least lists the names of the team members with very basic information, such right. as their date of birth. What the country they're from? Yeah, and, exactly. You know, Just the well. the basic stuff. And the thing is, this is all information that they've got because the writers and teams are registered with them. It's not, exactly. you know, like like. Exactly. They're just using data that they've literally got lying around. Yeah. Um, but but look at every every peak um, sporting body. Um, like look at the or take the big American sports: the NFL, the NBA, the Major League Baseball, the NHL. All do literally exactly that. The official team websites are all based on the exact same template that's created by the organization that runs the sport. Yeah. And then all the player profiles and that sort of thing. So, you know, and, and part of that is because it, it provides a consistency of presentation. So no matter which team you're looking at, you know where to find the player list or the writer yeah. list in this case. You know where to find the results. You know where to find the news. You know where to find the stories. You know, and, and it's exactly for that, you know, it's the combined effect of having actual visibility compared to nothing, but also of having um, centralised and standardised platform that people can actually start to rely on to yeah. to find out information and use that as their entryway into seeing what's yeah. going on with the sport. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't, it's genuinely, I find it genuinely interesting that we rely on the fan sites like CQ and Cycling Fever 
I, I go there straight away for the information. I don't even go. I can't even find the results of the World Cup on the on the UCI. Well, no, I can because because I've got them bookmarked on the on the UCI website. But you know, they're they're quite hard. I I can't find fucking anything on the UCI website to be honest with you. Unless someone sends me the link to it, it's got mm. the worst linking structure. I can recall having seen on a website. It's, it's everything you have to. You have to. So, say for example, I'm looking for the results of the World Cup, the ranking of the World Cup. Yeah. So first of all, you go down the rank results slash ranking tab at the side. Yeah. And that comes up and clicks up, and it automatically defaults to the men. Yeah. So then you pick women, um, click, and then you click the drop down menu for women's World Cup, and then it kind of brings up a, a, a table which has the list of the names. And the ranking is in this little icon that you wouldn't recognise unless you've seen it before. Oh god! And then you can't link to it because it's all in freight. It's all like you know. I don't know what the technical term is, but you have to kind of you know you have to right click show this frame only to be able to get oh, the. Oh no! It's fucking iframed. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So you're kind of, kind of. So it, so you can't even share, and and it's very 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 complicated, and the results, and you don't know, and and you have to know it. Whereas places like CQ and Cycling Fever make it really simple, but they've been doing it for free. So for fuck's sake, use their expertise. These are fans. Like, yep, just yep. give them some money and say, get to it. These are people who've done well, it for years and years and years. And, and, and I love this them. is the thing, you know, like, it's not, it's not, oh, it's so not, it's not even that it's not hard. It's actually so easy. It, it is almost unforgivable that they haven't done it already. Yeah. And if yeah. I was so if I was looking for a rider from a couple of the teams, both British teams and US and USA teams and um and the and and you know and some UCI level teams, you know, some of the big teams, I'd if I wanted to find information about the rider, I'll go on their I'll, well, if I can find their website. Generally I just go to CQ first mm. because I'll be able to find out which team she's been in for the last six years. And I'll be able to see her results, and it's all super, and it's all simple, and there'll be a link to her personal website and her Twitter accounts. Yeah, or you know, yeah. Cycling Fever will have a link to her videos that she's been in and interviews that she's been in. Yeah, simple. Yeah. And, Easy. And that's the thing. It's it's just you know a basic aggregation of things that are already available. Like yeah, yeah make a huge difference. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant over. I promise, dear listener. I'm sorry if if you're going. Oh God, please, no more ranting. Um, All right, I, I'm, I'm upgrading it again though. That's three and three quarter bullhorns out of five. Okay, but um, yes, Tarabzushan Island. I really love Wiggle Honda's media stuff because they have got video they haven't got videos from Zushan Island but hell it's China it's complicated um, but they have got race reports so what little we know from about Zushan Island comes from there I don't quite understand what happened in the race because the first stage was a bunch sprint run by um, one by uh, Charlotte Becker ahead of um, ahead of uh, Barbara Gurishi and then the second stage was won by Olga Zabelinskaya and she looked like she won it by 4 minutes 22 and then with Bronzini and Becker in second and third place. And then Bronzini won the third stage ahead of Annalisa Kuchinokta and Shelley Olds. But the GC, the final GC, was Charlotte Becker, Marta Tagliaferro and Zaporova. So I can only assume that this is wrong about Zablinskaya winning by 4 minutes 22. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it makes sense. I genuinely don't know. So last week was a little bit stressed. The last two weeks have been really, really annoying, to be honest, from UC- if you're trying to follow UCI racing. However, (laughs) (laughs) we also had a metric shit ton of video from all sorts of other kind of races. And this is what's very interesting. So 
on Saturday we had the milk race, which um, in the past the milk race used to be the name for the Tour of Britain. Yeah, it used to be this very epic race around Britain, known in legacy and and you know myth and song. Um, and these days the milk race it's come along i think last year it started in a new iteration which is a city center crit in nottingham with equal prize money for the women and the men and this year they streamed it all live on youtube that's awesome i mean i know i do i i accept that crits are easier to stream than any other they are but they're also not that hard i mean do you remember a couple of weeks ago when i was telling you that i'd actually done a bit of investigation into what it would take to be able to stream live and it's 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 a you know okay it would be very rudimentary coverage, but it it um, is definitely able to be done with a, a simple hardware setup under the right conditions for around ten thousand dollars roughly. Yeah, you and know. we'll remember Redlands Classic was experimenting with um was experimenting with the um with with the stri- with the stage that they streamed from video phone from iPhones. Mm. Um, maybe not iPhones. iPhones on the cameras on the motorbikes, which they which they streamed through a package to YouTube. I mean, this is the thing. It's like you don't even need it to be on TV. TV's fantastic, and I, you know, there's I like sitting and watching TV. You know, um, we both you know sitting sitting in my living room with other people watching TV and talking about the race at the same time. It's slightly more complicated on my laptop, but it's not. But it's still great. And you know, besides so watching the milk race, they didn't have commentary, and that's fine. But it was a very, very, very funny race because going in, there's like there are about four races that weekend, four wins races that weekend, about three on the same day. And going in, there was one big protein, Wiggle Honda. Yeah. Who started off as the favourites, you know, complete pro setup, blah 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 blah. Um, oh my God, they're going to win everything. And <laughs> there was this break, and they seemed to have about seven Wiggle riders, and then it came down to a three-woman end break which was Wiggle Honda's Charlotte Becker and Laura Trott and Katie Archibald of Pearl Izumi Boot Up Breast Cancer. I've no idea what their team name is, they don't have a website. Um, <laughs> and Katie Archibald won. Cool. And that was very interesting. Very, very interesting. It's a nice um up it's a nice um nice, uh, what's the word? well upset or or unexpected yeah, results or Yeah, 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 because yeah. you you expect I mean, you know, I'm not dissing Wiggle. Like I say, they've they've been providing some of the best media coverage of, of races all year. I'm not never going to diss them, but it is quite funny when you have like a big team stump all over a race. And, uh, <laughs> are we are we reviving stumpity stumpity stomp? <laughs> stumpity. Anyway. So yeah, so that was so we so we saw the milk race on Saturday, and it was also the mountain bike world cup this weekend. Um, now I did see I did see one thing about this, um, or I think I saw one thing about this, um, which was in the cross country. Um, Pauline Ferran Prevost was back. Ah, uh, yes. Did I accidentally give away the winner? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I actually didn't know that she'd won. That's brilliant. <laughs> it's like a magic trick. 
So the cross country, the mountain bike world cup is in Novo Mesto in Novo Mesto in, in the Czech Republic. And it's a, um, it is, the mountain bike world cups are interesting because they don't always have the same events on them every time. So this one only had the eliminator in the cross country, no downhill this time because the downhillers have May off basically. And, um, yeah, and it was a, uh, it's, it Czech people love the Czech Republic. Czech Republic people love their mountain bike so it was super crazy crowds um the Eliminator, fantastic um, one by Alexandra Engen from Ghost. That's no surprise. She's amazing. But I was really impressed to see Peter Mullins in fourth place. Go Peter. Um, go Peter. She is a mountain biker, but she's been focusing on the road, riding for Wiggle Honda. Yep. And yeah, and then it came to the cross country race. And as Dan gave away, it was won <laughs> by Pauline <laughs> Prand Pr- 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 Provo. I'm actually no, kind of proud of it. I'm actually kind of proud might- of it. You might be saying, hang on a minute, Pauline Fran Prevost, didn't she win the Flesh on Road World Cup? Yes, she did. And this makes her apparently the first rider to win a Road World Cup and a Mountain Bike World Cup in the same season. Oh, really? So Pia Sunstead wow. of massive fame has won them both. And other, other riders have won them both. But yeah. And it was, and Pauline didn't just win. She won by about two, two minutes 45. She absolutely stomped it she thrashed it she destroyed it she was brilliant and um yeah so pauline um and the mountain bike press i've seen a lot of stuff about oh this is her defining race this is her stepping up this is her making her name for herself but of course pauline fran prevost was the two times junior world mountain bike world cup champ sorry junior mountain bike world champion mm. in um, 2009 and 2010 and, and she's she's she, ridden in other disciplines as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pretty much she's you can you can kind of call her the next Nicole Cook because Nicole Cook also won mount you know Nicole Cook also won world titles in in mountain bike and road and ITT and Paulina won the won won the road is a world road road world champ and I think should also be an ITT massive champ because when she won when she came second in a lot of things like European la la la. She was beaten by Hannah Solovey, who, of course, was done for doping when she was 19 years old. So, you know, there's a fair chance that she was also on steroids when she was 18 and 70. But, uh, <laughs> oh, come on. No, I'm not arguing. I just, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just liked that. There was a fair chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Um. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, yeah, so so of course Paulina, but then of course she's also the next Mariana Voss because she's been riding for the last couple of years. She's been riding mountain bike and road and also cross and also cyclocross, and she's had top ten in the cyclocross worlds before. Yep. And of course she's been top ten in the road world elite, road world elite, road world elites too. But this year she's just she's it's just I. You know when I interviewed Lucy Garner a couple of weeks ago and Lucy was saying it's very hard making that transition from juniors to seniors, yeah? Yeah. And it's hard because you're, you know, it's hard because you are, you know, the races are so much longer, the peloton is so much bigger, the competition is so much harder and that you can lose your confidence because, you know, you, I guess you go from winning everything and being super strong to being like right at the back and, no one, you know, no, no one really knowing who you are, and, yeah, and it's just difficult. Yeah. And after Pauline Ferrand Prevost won the um, Flesh Wallon this year, um, the Road World Cup, 
Chris Morenhout, her DS said that she often struggles with confidence issues and of course her flesh win will have done wonders for that. And Pauline um, Pauline kind of credits her flesh wins to Mariana Voss, not just the support of Voss and Van der Breggen in the race, yep. but also Voss telling her exactly how to ride the murder hui. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, isn't it? Because the, the Voss thing is, don't go full gas until you can see the finish line. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and, and once, you know, once, you'd, once I'd seen that, that interview and then gone back and watched it again, you can completely see that that's what happens, that when they're cresting the hill, uh, Lizzie Armitstead was out ahead, but kind of starting to fade, whereas Pauline just kind of, you know, pulled something together once she could see, well, you know, when you could see her little head come over the finish line, and she's just, yeah. And so I'm really happy for her. It's, it's great, because she's, I think, she's still under 23, so she could have been racing in the under 23 World Cups, because Mountain Bike have got junior under 23 and elite world cups yeah and like cyclocross in men you or road with you know road races in men you can choose where you compete yep yep and yeah and yeah i and i think i think she's been struggling trying to get the balance because she loves mountain biking and she thinks that multidisciplinizing makes her a stronger rider but for the last couple of years it hasn't really shown out in results yeah yeah and now she's on it and i'm so happy for her because she's such a lovely rider she's so Oh, she's just so... There's something really charming about her. And she's been very, very vocal about the Jeannie Longo effect in France. And she's she's just she's just a fantastic young superstar, you know? Just really, 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 really lovely. I'm really, really happy for her. So, yeah. Um, being mountain bike, there is a huge amount of video and photos and stuff like that. And I'll put a post on our site, Pro Women's Cycling, um, with this podcast, which will have the links to it, because why not? It's great. I love it. Um, and, and, it's, and it's also nice because if you go out and miss the race like I did, because you didn't get up in time or whatever, or you've got other things on, you can come back and you can watch it all from the start. You know, you can p- either pick up the highlights or you can watch it from the start. It's great. I love it. Mountain bike really, really knows how to keep fans happy. Um, it's been the easiest discipline to get into out of all of them, I think. For you? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's a pretty big call given that, I mean, your love affair with mountain bike started reasonably recently compared to yeah. other disciplines. I mean, you're, you're a trackhead from way back and, um, and, and then to road. I mean, we've really it's only got... Like- Oh yeah, and and the, and a bit of BMX. the unmentionable winter sport. Yes, um, so we've really only got bike ballet left for you, don't we? Yeah, I, I think even I can skip bike ballet. I reckon, I reckon you'll get into it despite yourself. Yeah, I, I, I just and, think that'll happen. I just do. Anyway, um, the other thing I just want to mention was because we have the junior races was just won by Swiss. Nicole Collar won um, with another Swiss girl in second and a Swiss girl in fourth in the junior mountain bike cross country. Yes, watch out for the Swiss. And in the under-23s, Margot Machetti won. She's a um, 20-year-old who she did really well in juniors. And last year, she I think she might have won her first under-23 tight, um, World Cup, but she's had a really bad knee operation. This was her first... Um, win back this was her first race back after her knee operation so that was really nice to see and I love that they have under 23 World Cups I think it's great I think it's great that you can choose where you are so Alexandra Engen I think is still under 23 Jenny Risfed and they can choose where they are you yeah, know, they can choose yeah. the race 
and and, and I, that's that's important, I think, because not everyone develops at the same level. It's true. It's yeah. And and you know, it's nice. I think it's important to actually be able to for, for young women to know that that it's okay not to be Mariana Voss and come straight out of elites, out of juniors and been elites. You know. It's oh, very, definitely, very definitely. I mean. Uh, look, Voss is once in a like thousand generations kind of athlete. You know, like like you don't get many of those in any discipline in any sport, men, women, space aliens, or what. You know, um, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there there are multiple pathways and and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and then of course the other thing that was happening this way weekend was the USA National Championships. <laughs> I was, I was just about to say, given all the fanfare that we started with, you know, shooting off our, our six shooters and stuff, uh, we, 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 we did forget to talk about that, didn't we? So. We didn't forget to talk about it. We were saving great racing to love. Oh, right, right. It was, it, it was all a long roundabout setup. I get it. it. Yeah. I've got a list. <laughs> awesome. No, um, it was the USA National Championships. Um, they obviously have their national championships. It's a different time of year to... Mo- um, if you're in Europe, they're all on National Championships weekend, which is like just before the Tour de France and the Giro Rosa, which is a great place to have it because, you know, it's also a great place to have it at the same time because it means there are no other races to compete with. Yeah, they're just there. And, yeah, but the USA, obviously, you can't really do that because um, it doesn't fit. And it's a really nice point in the season for them. Because although it clashes with the Giro, men's Giro, um, it's it's all right, it's fine, and um, for them, and it's you know, it's between California and Nature Valley, and yeah, and then you've got time to get back over to Europe for the Tour de, for the Tour de France and the Giro if you want to too. Yep. And it's in Chattanooga. Pardon me, boys. Is this a Chattanooga choo choo, which I listened to about seventy five times this weekend? Oh man, that's just so. You're completely missing the best of Tennessee if that's what you're what you're focusing on. It's in Chattanooga. Yeah, Where but else do we talk about Chattanooga, t- Tennessee, world famous for its barbecue and its whiskey. Like, like, really? You know, there's there's way more Is going there on than Chattanooga. The... Is there a famous Chattanooga whiskey that has a song? I, who who I don't know of any whiskeys that have a song. Why would you Is waste? Why would you waste having a song on a whiskey? Why would you waste whiskey on having a song? You clearly, madam, don't understand whiskey. I I have to admit, I'm not hipster enough to have a whiskey. <laughs> I don't know. Your beard's coming in quite nicely. <laughs> I just interrupt this conversation to point out that Dan has so many features of hipsters. He has a bicycle tattoo. He has a a comedy beard he has this is not this isn't a comedy beard this is a distinguished facial feature thank you very much I'm sorry Dan your beard is comedy it is not comedy people don't look at it and laugh oh I'm sure they do I did what you so did not I did no I did I'm re-evaluating our entire friendship this may well be our last podcast Dear listener, if you want to see, if you want to adjudicate whether Dan's beard is comedy or not, um, drop us in it. Get in touch with me on Twitter at underscore. No, no, I don't see. Prohibitedcycling at gmail dot com. My beard, my beard has no impact on whether or not people deserve to hear about women's cycling. I'm. 
I'm genuinely shocked, offended, and outraged, Sarah. How dare you mock my beard? <laughs> that is, it's my that finest is so, feature. He's obsessed with coffee, like, to the point of, like, eye-rolling, and he's obsessed with whiskey to the point of eye-rolling, and he likes a lot of hipster music. Dan is a hipster. No, totally not. Um, how do you look? How do you look in skinny red jeans? Well, though? that's what I was about to say because, unfortunately, as a cycling person, I don't have thighs that can fit in skinny jeans. So, well, apart no. from that, Dan is he's, he's got a, he's got a single speed bike. Yeah. Okay. That's that's. God damn it. So anyway, 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 hipster <sighs> side, Chattanooga. But my beard's not a comedy beard. God damn it. God, but it's so a comedy beard. How is it a comedy beard? What what even is a comedy beard? A comedy beard is like a a comedy <laughs> beard is like a villain beard. I don't have a villain. Oh shit, I'm stroking you have, it right Dan now. Dan has goatee Fuck. that's got that's got out of control. I have a villain beard. Holy shit, you're right. No, it's not even a villain beard. It would be better. Look, if you if you cut it into a villain beard shape, I'd be much happier with it. What? Why would I be cutting my beard to impress you? <laughs> Why well, wouldn't tell you my? Want to be a villain? Why? Why I am a villain? I'm the villain of this podcast, easily, easily. <laughs> like, that's not even a contest. <laughs> well, I suppose it's fair. I suppose it's fair. I did joke about your beard first, so exactly. Mm. So anyway, 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 anyway. Good God. You divert me. Um, <laughs> Take it out of context. That sounds so wrong. <laughs> all this hipster, all this hipster talk's got you thoroughly diverted. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Are you back to the USA National Championships? Pardon me, boys. Is this, is this the Chattanooga Choo Choo? They had the. Um, what I love about the USA National Championships, and this is another reason why I really like USA cycling at the moment. For years and years and years, unlike pretty much everywhere else in the world, they used to have their women's national championships separate to their men's because they have. They call this the USA Pro because they have another weekend of national championships, which is like collegiate and different categories and amateur and so on and so on and so so on and that's where they used to put the women's races and they used to say it was because they um the women weren't pro but they changed this last year and they've now got equal prize money equal prizes and you know good coverage and equal coverage on the tour tracker awesome as it should be as it should be and so it started out on saturday with the itt and i've got to say i called the podium right on twitter for eight ages and that's that was fun um i always like being right and it was um yeah it was a really interesting competition actually because obviously you've got um one of the big things out of the world championships was evie stevens versus carmen small where where Carmen beat Ebby to a podium place by something like 0.06th of a second. Yeah, yeah, it was tiny, wasn't it? it was, so they're pretty yeah. evenly matched. And this year, another specialised Lululemon rider has stepped up in her ITTing, and that's Taylor Wiles. So it was, it was that, that was an interesting Which, thing given, as well. Given how much that team focuses on time trials was absolutely a shock. <laughs> 
they are the team time trial world championship champions it's true um so that was always going to be fun because yeah that was gonna be fun but the other interesting person of course was a rider who's always been a great time trialist but hasn't has really stepped up this year and that was Alison Powers riding for United Healthcare Pro Cycling and she's always been known for her super strong time trialing and also her ability to dive out of the bunch in a road race and time trial to the finish you know very Uda Arndt style very you know very very strong very very strong rider so could she and of course UHC this year are a pro team and um, Powers has didn't come to the Friends Life Women's Tour and has been racing, you know, been, been kind of focusing on focusing on this and obviously these things like the Giro and racing domestically. And Powers won. Cool. With Carmen Small in second and Evie Stevens in third and I think Taylor Wiles in fourth. Ooh, that's bloody good. So, yeah, so um, yeah, so that was a really interesting race. Now they didn't cover this live, but we had a ton of live tweeting. Dan Worry was particularly great, you know. Loads of so it kind of felt like you could be there, and you know the tour tracker app had all the information on it, and it was great. Hurrah, hurrah! And then on Sunday we had the road races live. Now the other thing I love about USA Cycling this year is they have their they have their paracycling national championships at the same time on the same courses and on the same days so you have like all the different categories of paracycling itt at the same time and then you have the women's road race paracycling crits um national champs and then the men's road race yep and this is fantastic you know this is a really it's it's great for the city it's great for spectators and it's really 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 great for the athletes to Mm. say hang on these are our pro national championships you're just as pro even though you're riding paracycling club, you know, paracycling yeah. class. And actually they have um Greta Nymanus, um was as a paracyclist who was racing in the road race, just like um Sarah Story in the UK races in the races in the in, in the um, able bodied road race too, which I really, really like that. I think yeah. it's great. It's 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 fantastic and it's it's great and it's really good organization to just put these things on in the same location over the same same weekend and and just make it you know this is our event this is nationals it's for everyone you know and i I really love that and and i remember you know from last year the first year when they they moved to to tennessee and how much um chattanooga loved it you know um that it's really cool to just see that this has become a hotly anticipated event. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, apparently, the um, there was an, one of the newspapers in tennis. One of the local newspapers was was reporting, and I, I don't know if this is true stats or not, but they were saying that businesses had a twenty five to thirty percent increase in take over the weekend. Good stuff. because the race was there. You know, so this is that's a nice thing, and and you know they they have a really interesting road race course. They start out with a number of short laps of the city centre circuit going over the bridge, the veteran. I think it's the veterans bridge, and of course the race is held on on Memorial Weekend Day weekend. So it's nice that it kind of, you know, links has links in has has links in there. Then they do two for the women, three for the men, long loops, of which includes the the climb, the big climb. Look out, mountain. Um, which obviously I'm going to always love a mountain called Lookout Mountain. Look out, <laughs> <I> mountain! <know. laughs> and then they come back into town um, 
and have three city centre laps. Um, and those laps include the Kent Street Wall, which is a short but brutal climb. Yeah. Yep. I think they go over the Kent Street Wall, and 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 the Kent Street Wall was also in the long loop. So you've got like tons of laps for spectators because and each time they finish a lap any of those three laps it comes through the start finish line so it makes it a really spectator friendly race because mm-hmm. you know you get to see a lot of the action and they have a lot of you know you you can follow it with the you know loud hailers at the start finish line telling you what's going on in the action or you're following it on twitter or you're following it on tour tracker and so, you can see that perfect thing for for the local businesses too, because you know in between laps, you know people can turn around, go get a coffee, go get a beer, you exactly. know, go, go buy go shopping, go know. buy their Chattanooga T-shirt um, or whatever. Go have a bit of barbecue. Exactly. I'm glad to see that you're learning. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's. I wish all. I, I mean, I, I've got a real thing. I keep saying this, but I've got a real thing for races that use the same, you know, start and finish line at the same time. It's it's nice having a start and a finish area because you know you you get to showcase more areas. But it's also nice to kind of have these. This is why these circuit races, I think, are particularly good fun for for, for local towns and stuff. And especially for especially for one day races. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, when you're doing tours, you want more point to point racing and and stuff like that, but. But especially one-day races, it makes it such a great event for um, spectators. But also, it really ensures that the you know the local area businesses and community are getting as much out of hosting the event yeah. as possible. Yeah, I mean they'll probably complain because you can shut off the traffic for the whole day. But then who cares? Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, but you know you shut. But off if the you get if you get the atmosphere right, and if you make it enough of a spectacle. Um, I, you know, I would argue that people actually wouldn't mind it that much, really. No, I mean, no, it's, no. It's and, and 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 yeah. You know. Yeah. So they, so the race was the race was madly exciting, and actually, everyone was saying one of the things. So you're looking at the favourites to start off with, and you have UHPC has Ali Powers, and it has Mara Abbott, who's like one of the superb climbers, and then you've got Optum presented by Kelly Benefit Strategies. It has last year's winner Jade Wilcoxon and super sprinter Lauren Hall, who, as every commentator said whenever they mentioned, they're one of the nicest women in cycling. Lauren Hall, <laughs> um, which was lovely. Cause well, she, if, you, if met- you're going to be known for something, that's uh, it's definitely not the worst thing you could be known for. No. Mississippi girl, one of the nicest women you'll ever meet, Lauren Hall. Um, <laughs> I can't do the accent, but yeah. And so, uh, and then of course you've got specialised Lululemon with Carmen Small and Evie Stevens and Taylor Wiles and Ali Stacker. And then you have a ton more riders. I'm sorry if I've forgotten you. Oh, Megan Garnier of Bowles Dolmans riding solo. Oh, okay, yep. And a couple of other riders like that. Um, and then, all, obviously, all the USA teams. I'm sorry if I forgot the name. Oh, you know, 2016, for example, is one of the biggest, yep. is the biggest teams out there. So they're racing. So everyone's like, well, that's a lot of interesting climbers there. Because, obviously, Evie Stevens is an amazing climber. Mara Abbott's a couple of times. Giro Rossa, you know, Giro, women's Giro winner, and yep. wins it in the mountains. So when they're going over the first two climbs, look out, you know, the first two laps over the climb, look out mountain. You're, you're kind of thinking, oh, okay, well, this is where they're... And they did, they shed a ton of riders over the, over the mountain. And then you're, they've got this rider going off, and the commentators, Kashishu HC, automatically assume it's, um, it's Mara Abbott, but it wasn't, it was Katie Hall. Oh, okay. Who's a very young rider, I don't really know anything about her. She was over in the Friends Life Women's Tour, and yeah. So, she, what, you couldn't find her on the UCI-appointed website? <laughs> 
and she's yeah so they're so they're racing over and and she's riding out solo but but actually this hasn't got much of a chance of staying away really and but it was still very 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 interesting and 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 the thing that really made the race was the section between the climb and the descent and then coming in before the first of these three finishing laps yeah yeah so you've got katie hall riding out solo and they're coming down off the descent and off the descent they suddenly have this amazing number of attacks from the chase groups like over and over again specialized lululemon you're like taylor wiles coming small lady stevens taylor wiles Come small Taylor Wiles, Taylor Wiles. You know, like, <laughs> Technically, they weren't attacks. That was just them rolling turns in their team time trial practice. Um, it just, <laughs> oh, it no, just looked no, like no. attacks. No, 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 because because team time trial, the rest of your team is supposed to stay on your wheel, and of course. <laughs> Yeah, so but got, but that's it. All the specialized riders did stay on their wheels. So. No, no, it's just it was it was really really interesting because you suddenly you've dropped all these riders over the climb and you end up with this massively elite group. Mm. Um, interestingly, that they dropped Mara Abbott as well oh, on this. Really? One. They got to the flat bit, which was very interesting. So well, you kind of go. Okay, yeah, I mean it great. is, but I mean I guess that could also make sense if she is aiming to peak again for um, July though with the Giro. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. of course, of course. And um, you're so they're right. So they're racing in, and and then Taylor Wiles manages to to, to attack out of the break, and Taylor's time trialing up to Katie Hall. So for quite a long time, we've got this situation where Katie Hall's out there in front, Taylor Wiles is behind her, and then this elite group with like two more of Katie's UHC teammates, two more of um of specialized. Uh, Taylor's yep. specialized teammates. And then you've got the Optum riders and Bowles, Bowles' lone rider, Megan Garnier. Yeah? So it's really, really fascinating. And then Wiles catches Katie, and they're racing together through the last lap. <laughs> and everyone and, from Specialist sits up and goes, thanks, guys, feel free yeah, to tow us Katie, to the line. And Katie will not take a turn, like literally won't take a turn. Oh, and she especially wow. won't take a turn as Taylor starts attacking her. Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> Well, yes, of course. Uh, pro tip, kids, when you're in a two-up breakaway um, and you start attacking, that is the exact point where no one will help you. Yes, yes. Well, you're, so, so they're racing, 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 and then they get caught. And it's one of those races where it's happening so fast that you, by the time you worked out numbers and what was happening, everything else had happened. And it mm. kind of, and then on the last lap, so they, they're, they're down to six riders, which is, they're, they're basically down to six riders. So you've got ta- ta- um, Katie Hall and, um, and Taylor Wiles. You've got Katie Hall's teammate, Alison Powers, Taylor Wiles' teammate, Ebby Stevens, Megan Garnier, and also Lauren Hall as this group of six. Yep. And then Alison Powers attacks. And this is what she's known for. She's known for these long, long attacks. Um, as... Uh, the commentary was provided by um, Kristen Armstrong, um, at least two times Olympic champion. I can't remember how many times world champion, superb rider. Um, and she was kept talking about how Alison Powers started off as a downhill skier. Yeah. So one of her strengths, so so well as a time trialer, she's very very strong as a time trialer. One of her strengths is flying down descents and through technical corners at the bottom descents like a woman possessed because she has no fear because. While everyone else is going, holy shit, this is fast. It's not fast relative to skiing. <laughs> yeah, because well, she's she's going. What do you mean? It's got brakes on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. This is easy. And, yeah, and, technical, and technical corners for someone yeah. who's been doing slalom and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Like there are fewer trees on this course. <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> 
and no one put a mogul in the middle of the road, so this is all right. I don't have to jump. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so she's um, so 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 Ali Powers is very very strong, and and behind her, the chase is down. So she attacks out, and and trying to catch her explodes off. And at one point, she only has seven seconds advantage on Megan Garnier and Evie Stevens. But then you, I don't know if it was just the TV, but it looked like Megan was not taking any turns at all, which is kind of sensible because, you know, but then on the other hand, must have been very, 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 very frustrating for Evie Stevens because she's, Evie's racing to try and catch Alison Powers and Megan Garnier is racing for Evie Stevens to try and catch Alison Powers. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's just one of those, you know, it's, it's, that, it's just one of those, yeah, sorry, you shit out of luck, but that's the smart thing for Megan to do. That's, you know, if I was a DS, I'd be furious if she did take a turn. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. so... So 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 attack 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 craziness madness no no you know the chase kind of the the, the lead goes out Ali Powers goes over because the other thing is is that you'd expect that Megan and Evie should be able to make up time over the Kent Street wall Kent Street wall climb because they're the climbers and but you know of course Ali Powers is mega good descender mega 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 good descender mm. so um, anyway so Ali Powers wins. And wow. that means, at the moment, she holds the USA National Championship title in crit, ITT, and road. Has that ever happened before? No, never. Men or women, never, never happened. Wow. Now, the ITT Championship technically, the crit championship technically is from, is from 2013. So, they so, the crit so, so hold on. Technically, what you're saying is that Ali Powers now has to take up some other discipline, be it BMX, uh, mountain bike... Uh, a track, just anything in order to be able to wash her kit. Because <laughs> the only way she's the only way she's allowed to take the national champs jersey off is if she's not racing on a road. Yeah, but she apparently does race some cyclocross for fun over winter. Oh, okay. Well, see, okay, so she can do her laundry in winter. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. She can do her laundry yeah. in winter. So I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be her roommate towards the end of the summer season, the end of the road season. Then there's going to be some yeah. smelly kit. <laughs> Well, no, she does, she does skin suits, Daniel, skin suits. I don't, I don't think that makes the smell any better. <laughs> I, I'm not an expert, but... Anyway, so they win, and she wins. The other thing that was adorable, so of course, now, I mean, UH, UHC rode a perfect race, because when they had Katie Hall, you know, Katie Hall out there, meant that Ali didn't have to, didn't have to, you know, didn't have to chase. Yep. So just really, really good teamwork. But the other thing that was adorable is is the winner, the men and the women, they win the loan for a year of a VW GTI. That's cool. That's actually have I said that right? I don't know about cars. They have four wheels and go broom, and that's my <laughs> um, that's my car right. knowledge. Right. So so it's the kind of prize that would be utterly wasted on you. So if you ever exactly. win one of those, can you please just sign it over to me? Thank okay, you. I, I promise. I, I promise that when I win it and when I win national championships and win a um, car, a loan of the car. <laughs> I was I was going to suggest that you, you you're more likely to win our pro women's cycling better beard contest, but. Um... <laughs> well, yes. Even even if I did grow a beard, it, it wouldn't be as comedy as yours. So yeah. Um... <laughs> so, um, I'm definitely going to be adding a poll to our to our podcast post. You have to put a picture of your own beard up. Yeah, then. yeah, no, I'll put pictures of both our beards. It'll be fine. 
<laughs> okay. So, anyway, so she won the loan of a VWGTI at the end, and she donated it to their UHC teammate, Jackie Crowell. Um, and Jackie, I don't know if you remember, she was supposed to ride for UHC this year, but she was diagnosed with a brain tumour last year That's and had, right, to have, yeah. um, had to have some serious operation on. And yeah. UHC have kept her, you know, basically kept her on as part of the team, you know, even though she yeah. can't ride yeah. and might never be able to race again. And, you know, I don't know where her cancer is at the moment. But, yeah, it's, it's, it was just such a nice thing. It's such a lovely thing that, that apparently the team had decided before the race that if any one of them won, they'd give the car to Jackie. And, yeah. That and, is wonderful. That's, that's great. Yeah, and and it's nice, and and she was tweeting afterwards that she um, watching nationals was always going to be hard, but like the fact that the team, you know, the, the she was just overwhelmed by the team's you know love for her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was that was a nice thing, and you know, I mean the tour tracker coverage, you've got to say, it was a bit crunchy, and people were saying, oh my god, this is unwatchable, oh my god, it's terrible, and 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 and, and I think people were going a bit a bit over the top about that actually, because you still had. The vocal, the voice comment, the audio commentary, and the tour trackers' fantastic text commentary, and the tour trackers' live updates. So, you know what, I mean? what what you're saying is that you think uh, semi-anonymous commenters on the internet were being slightly over hysterical. Yes, I I I don't understand that. That's never happened on the internet ever before. I know, but then I, I am I am also pot kettle here, aren't I? <laughs> I am a little bit. Pot thank you, kettle. thank you for admitting that. Um, wow, that might very well be the 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 title of tonight's episode. <laughs> Sarah is a little bit pot kettle. <laughs> Um, if you come from a country where you're going, what the hell does that mean? We have a, um, a state, we have an analogy in the UK that's like the popcorn in a kettle black because they all both used to be but over the stove and yeah. covered in soot. So, yeah, so no matter how sooty the kettle was, the pot was always sootier. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh. So, yes, um, yes. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so, so, but no, it was, it was, I, I think... Yes, it was frustrating when they had technical difficulties over the middle of the race, over the middle of the two laps. And yes, it was frustrating. But but bear in mind, we've just had a whole handful over the last fortnight, a whole handful of UCI races, women's races that didn't even have websites. Yeah, yeah. And where it was literally impossible to get clear information on who was riding or what happened in races or... Or yeah, any yeah. kind of results yeah. or, or whatever. So you know, and and, and, and in and in a day and age where even among the top and well-run races, it is still hard to get any kind of coverage um, or, or footage. You know, the fact that there's something there is is amazing and fantastic, and really should be supported and appreciated. Yeah, and of course, to Trapper weren't doing it on purpose. You know, they were obviously <laughs> working. They're obviously working really hard to get the technical issues sorted out, and they did get them sorted out. So the final three laps were completely fine and perfect. And yeah. so yes, I it's it's yeah. I mean, I guess it's I guess that's what we do on the internet, isn't it? It's much easier to complain. Mm. But yeah, it's it was. I really really loved it, and awesome. and you know, so much to like about USA Nationals. Just just it's 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 really weird. I mean, it's not. I have to say, to be fair, it's not the best. It's not the best coverage we'll see of nationals because, of course, the Italian nationals and the Dutch nationals are actually on TV. TV, yeah. 
and you know so it's not like it's not like it's it's not like it's the top of best in the world sorry usa but it's still really 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 good really good and really interesting and actually when you see something like tour tracker you start wondering well if we can have tour tracker for races like the usa mats yeah. the only reason they're there and not at other races is because the, the you know the 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 USA Cycling have paid them for it, yep. and the Volkswagen sponsorship um, with a take on me advert. I never want to hear that song again. Um, you know, pays for it too. Well, yeah. is this something that the UCI could pay for? For 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 for, for or at the very Cup? least, or at the very least, try to negotiate a um a, you know a series coverage agreement for the World Cup. Yeah, and and if they can you know agree to terms on cost then the UCI has a target to go and try and drum up sponsorship to cover it or, or whatever the case might be, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the share, I mean, because, you know, people... And I, I do understand the UCI do have an issue with broadcast that because the different races are run by different... Um, organisers, yeah. Or World Cup organisers, so they have different TV rights. But you can then have something like Tour Tracker, which isn't on TV, it's an online coverage. Yep, yep. And also, regardless, I mean, uh, any any race organiser who refuses to cooperate with trying to get coverage of their race, be it via broadcast or, or streaming online or, or whatever, should immediately lose their UCI qualification anyway. Well, this, this, is the, this is the irony, of course, isn't it, is that the World Cups, which are the biggest and have the biggest, you know, would have the biggest issue about TV rights, yep. are, of course, the Flesh Wallon and Ronda Van Vlaanderen and then GP Plouet, where they're... Sorry, Fresh Wallon and Wanda Van Vlaanderen, where they don't actually... We don't see anything anyway. I know, and it fucking... Well, you know how I feel about that. It's, let's just, you know... We don't have time for me to rant for another hour, so... Yes. Well, um, so what's coming up next? We've got a ton of racing, and this should be racing that we should see some of. Hurrah! We've got a nice weekend of Dutch racing with Holland Hills Classic. This is this just this week, this year back to an uphill finish. It includes the Cowberg, or as Marine de Vries once said, the cow, ow, 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 Cowberg. <laughs> um, it's a really fantastic race. It's it's pretty much if you imagine Amstel Gold, it's like the women's equivalent of Amstel Gold. I love it. And then on Sunday we have Arlberg, which I'm pretty sure is now the GP Mariana Voss. There's um and and it's one of Mariana's local races, so she often does like a lot of you know school children workshops and things like that around it, which is lovely. Um, on Sunday we've also got racing in France with the GP Plumelec Morbihan, Morbihan, which is the one of the Coupe de France um, races. And starting on Sunday, a two-day stage race in Germany, which is really fantastic. We need more German races there. Auensteiner Radsportage. On the first, ton of races again. We have Guick in Belgium, the Philadelphia Classic on the first, um, mm. which, yay, uh, it used that was streamed live last year, so hopefully we'll see that. And then... The week after that, in the same week, we have this little North American season. So the Philly Classic is one of two UCI-ranked races in the USA. And then the week later, it's the Chrono Gatineau and the GP Gatineau, which are, um, are UCI-ranked races in Canada. Yeah. So it's a, nice little North, it's a nice little North American season at, and those races are fantastic. And if you like mountain bike, on the 30th, to the 30th of May to the 1st of June is the next round of the Mountain World bike world cup this is just cross cross country and the eliminator again in albstadt germany awesome so there's plenty plenty to look forward to and plenty more for us to to talk about and rant about in the near future um well, which will be exciting 
Hopefully it will be rant free because Holland Hill and Alberg should at least get clips on online and you know and yeah I I I I'm 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 hopeful again for Philly Classic and Guick we might not get live clips but the motor media team do it so in a couple of weeks time we'll get lots of that so yeah um it looks like we're actually going and they Look, will have websites I, I sort of take your point but I, I could be wrong I may misunderstand our audience but I have a sneaking suspicion that they like it when we rant. Um, or maybe they just like it when we bicker. I, I don't know, but... I don't know. I don't even... I, I love our audience. I think they're wonderful. One day we're going to have to and, actually and do a survey and ask them what yeah, you like, what you all, want more They're all very good-looking and highly intelligent. <laughs> My beard's not a comedy beard. Thank you. And good say, night. They know, <laughs> they know a comedy beard when they see one. Um, yes, they do. And this isn't one of them. Good night. Honestly... Honestly, when you see that beard, you just want to tug it, just like I, just like I have. If I ever meet Dan in real life, I am going to have to tug his beard. I will be honour bound to cut your hands off at that point. I, it's it's a sacred object in my culture. Um, you can't you can't touch it. You can't touch it without permission, and I am obliged. I, I have no choice but to cut your hands off if you do. So yeah, so basically, when we if we ever meet if we ever ever meet in real life, dear listener, and we podcast live, <laughs> <laughs> and you hear you hear shrinking, <laughs> you'll know Sarah got a little handsy. And <laughs> <laughs> I just leaned over and grabbed him. It weird. I can't quite it doesn't sound incredibly filthy. I know. It was anyway. awesome. On that note, thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We genuinely appreciate and love you. So thank you very much. Have fun. Bye.